0: Michael, are you there?
1: I am here, and guess what? What? So is Tanya.
0: Oh, great. Okay, well, I I don't want to sound excited, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you're both there. Just uh, to let the listening audience know, I'm talking to Michael and Tanya Trotter, and they are the Warren Treaty.
2: (laughs) Hello, listeners.
0: Well, thank you so much for getting a chance to uh, taking some time out to talk to us here at KGNU in Boulder, Colorado.
1: Wow.
2: Yeah, it was so great meeting you, and we're sorry we couldn't stop by when we were there, but I'm glad we get an opportunity to talk to you again and and finally get on your show.
0: Well, I first saw you at Festival International down in Lafayette, and you... uh, Finished up on one of the uh, one of the stages, and uh, everybody was standing when you were playing, and it was it was it was just uh, a dynamic show. And then I saw you. what was it, a couple of weeks ago at E Town. You were here in Boulder visiting for the AAA radio station conference. And what, I'll tell you one thing at E Town, everybody's real polite and they clap and everything. But when you guys were done for your first set, everybody was standing. Oh! <laughs> and then you got done with the with the show and everybody was standing and clapping. It was doesn't happen that often. Oh
2: wow!
1: Well, I tell you what, we're really humble and thankful for any response that we get. Um, And we're we're just thankful for the people. And and this is a really great time to be musicians and to be able to stand for something. And our cause, of course, uh, as you you might know, Dennis, is to unify the human race and and to spread as much love as we can uh, without any boundaries. And that's that's where we are.
0: Well, that really comes out on this... uh this is actually your debut CD. You came out with an EP before, but uh, Healing Tide is your debut, right? Yes. Yeah. So, before we talk a little bit more about the music, um, some of our listeners may not be familiar with with your backgrounds, and I know you've you're always asked this, but um, you both of you came from like different directions to. Meet up, and I wonder, <laughs> Tanya, uh, if I can get you to say, you know, where, what direction did you come from?
2: Well, I came from a R and B, classical, pop music background, and um, coincidentally, when I met Michael, uh, I was actually trying to transition out of that, you know, gospel background and and everything. And uh, so that's that's where I, I come from musically, and culturally, my father was from New Bern, North Carolina, and my mother was uh, was Panamanian. So culturally, that's my my culture and my background.
0: Okay, and you were living in Washington D.C. for quite a while, right?
2: Yes, I was born and raised in the Washington D.C. area, and uh, went to college in. Baltimore, Maryland, so I've spent most of my uh adulthood and then pretty much all of my childhood in that in that area.
0: Okay. Michael, <laughs> now you uh your uh, trajectory <laughs> took a little different uh direction. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, I um I actually I'm a I'm what you call a mutt.
0: <laughs>
1: I lived everywhere. But uh Starting
0: I, in I, Cleveland.
1: I, there you go, starting in Cleveland and then in uh nineteen nineties my mother and my siblings and I we moved to Washington DC and we lived in the uh, house roof homeless shelters for a little bit. And you know, we bounced all around. Uh pretty much and then finally I uh, joined the Army and then went to Iraq where I learned pretty much the art of healing through song and songwriting, that sort of thing.
0: And uh, just uh, an interesting story, um, if you can tell us about uh, Finding the Piano.
1: Well, yeah, that's very easy. Um, and to make a long story short, uh, my unit leadership identified me as the weakest link in the military (laughs) at least in our unit uh, due to visible fear of being at the war and in order for them to calm me down they knew that I loved music so they just suggested that one of the captains take me and show me uh, some cool things we acquired in the heat of battle and one of those cool things was one of the pianos Owned by Saddam Hussein in the palace, we had acquired or taken over, and that's where I would spend most of my time downstairs on that piano in the bombed-up palace, trying to learn how to play and connect, and and that sort of thing. Because I'd heard notes in my head all my life. I mean, I already knew I was musically inclined, but I couldn't play an instrument for for nothing. But uh, when that happened was killed, it unlocked something in me. And I wouldn't say it's magic, I would say, you know, the humanity kicked in full gear and I was able to hear what I needed to hear to emote what I was feeling. And that was the loss of that captain that showed me that kind of freedom in Iraq.
0: Well I just wanna throw in that uh listening to all your songs and then your description of um where you've come from, uh you know, the situation that we're in today, we lost uh, a hero. Uh yeah. probably ninety-nine point nine percent of the population considers him that except for one person. Uh yeah. he he was one of the most decent people in uh in Congress or in the Senate, and yet uh one person decides not to recognize that. I that just uh, just hurts me.
1: Yes, it hurts me as well. But what heals me is to see the power of the hearts of our country. You know that one person uh, being our our president um, of of our country, United States. For whatever reasons, he had some things with 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 our senator who we we, we love and be able to see the people say enough's enough, we need to raise that flag lower it rather lower it half mass to honor him because he is a hero. And, you know, I'll tell you the truth, then it's um you know, the Warren Treaty uh it's a very interesting kind of band because regardless of uh, what I may feel personally, I swore an oath. I raised my right hand and I, my left hand, I put my right hand over my heart and swore an oath to protect them and defend the constitutions of this country. And that doesn't end when my time of service ends. I took that oath forever for the rest of my life and also swore by the position that I would not um, have anything negative to say about the office of president. And the thing for me is to make sure that the American people do what we did when it came to John McCain. We stood up. We made our voices heard. And he didn't have a choice but to lower that flag. And to me, that that is powerful. And I, I, I can't wait till we have more moments like that where we can show not just that one guy, but we can show our world what we really stand for and what we really truly believe.
0: Well... I think uh you know, if people listen to this C D, that's that's what really comes out just about on every cut. We started out a little fast with healing tide and that was <laughs> was just what you were you were talking about. But yeah. um you know the the war affects people in, in different ways and and I, I wonder if uh Tanya you could uh just tell us how how you first met up and you latched on to this big big lug of, uh, you know, uh, uh, an ex-soldier.
2: Well, you know, it's very interesting. Uh, Our story, it takes many twists and turns, but Michael and I met in Maryland at a love festival. And he was performing uh, for a back-to-school kind of event that a young lady and I were putting together and to give backpacks and school supplies to children, going back to school, and he performed, and he was incredible. I mean, he was so amazing that I was running across, I just remember running across the field uh, to meet him, and to just ask him, you know, who had written these songs, and he wrote the songs, and we exchanged numbers, and um, I I would say within the next year or so, we were married. (laughs) And, After
0: you uh, uh, you pursued him a little bit.
2: Uh, I, I, well, it was interesting because we were friends first, and right. um, we, you know, he was working. He finally agreed to help uh, a project that I was working on with my brother and I. So he wrote some songs for that, and he would come over to my house, and we would kind of hang out. And within a year, we were, you know, we were friends first, we were married, and. I did not know that he served in the military until we were married for about three years. Hmm. And we'd already had a child at that time. I don't okay. think two years. And um, one 4th of July, uh, an incident happened, and he had a, a moment, a flashback, if you, if you want to call it that. And that's when the work began for the both of us, you know, not just for him. But for for me and uh Michael can kind of uh you know go into it a little bit more but it was a fireworks you know well, you yeah. the flashback uh, yeah. flashbacks are,
1: you know that that's a vague uh, the flashback was you know I, I just started hiding under the bed because the the fire practice was so loud right you know and I and I just wanted to make that 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 clear, you know. Not everybody's flashback looks like comedians make it look yes, like, yeah. you know, fire and a hole and, and you right. know our country tends to make fun of that, and, yeah. but that's nothing to, to, play with. to play with.
2: Yeah. Well, and go ahead. Yeah, and from there, we just started doing the work.
0: Yeah.
2: Um going to different counselors, and him telling these the stories, and a friend of ours ended up hearing us sing, because Michael well started writing at this time. And I believe, and now I know it to be true, that it was all therapy for him. And it became a part of my therapy, too. And we just started singing together. A friend of ours heard us singing, and I was like, you guys should do this together. So we did. And um, it didn't just heal him. It healed me. You know, I was going through my own transitions of uh, finding out who I was as an artist and as a human being, you know. And when I met him, our hearts beat the same, we love the same things, and we we have never, to this day, been apart, so we were healing together, yeah. so, you know,
0: yeah. Well, let me, uh, let me just throw in another tune here. Uh, <laughs> I think, uh, Michael, you do most of the writing, but uh, I'd <laughs> like to, you know, we started out a little fast with Healing Tide, but... The first uh, cut on this new CD is "Love Like There Is No Tomorrow," and I believe Tanya, you you wrote this.
2: No, I did not write that the song. Um, we were Michael. I grew up in a Baptist church. Michael wrote all the songs on the album. Okay, but I grew up in a Baptist church where just claps, the tambourine, and foot stomping was, you know, how we started off our devotional services. And I remember Michael asking me a question about that. And I uh, so I sang another song that you know kind of the style of what we were doing. He was like, "Okay, that's all I need." And he came back to me. and He was like, "Listen to this," and he you know starts stomping and clapping and said, "You know, do you, at the time I could barely play the tambourine," <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, and he just started singing the song to me, and that's where that song came from.
0: Okay, well it's. Uh... A little uh, little different, the only thing is you and Michael and tambourine on this one, so listen, let's listen to love like there's no tomorrow well, I think what what that does is uh highlights exactly what you were talking about before, Michael is that songs like this and what you feel, I think everybody can tell that it it kind of gets. Gets you right down to the right down to your bones, you and Tanya, and what a voice! <laughs> well,
1: thank you, thank you so much. Thank
0: you. I think uh, uh, some people have compared you to Ike and Tina Turner, but when I uh, see and when I talk to you, you uh, at E Town a little bit and listen to your music, it's it just isn't the same. It's like e- Ike wrote and Tina performed with a big voice and they, they kind of drifted. They had problems, real problems as we all know, but I don't know if if you're going to write a song that says, that's going to have a title like Lovebirds. <laughs> and that's what I think, that's what you two should do. <laughs>
2: oh, <hold on. laughs> Well, you, you know, we, we love each other so much and we learned uh, the power of love and the power of enduring it, and just going through the process of it, and 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 really having the skill. You know, you know, you talk about different couples who have had their struggles. It's just having the tools to be able to get through those tough times because there will be tough times, you know. But you just have to have the tools.
1: And we've had them. We've had, you know, not not the tools. We've had tough times. Yeah. Right. Um, some of the stuff that we've gone through earlier that we've only been married for about eight years now. And I will say the first four to five years of our marriage was literally going through everything we possibly could that could end us, you know, um, and, 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 and I'm talking about emotionally. I'm not talking about like infidelity or that kind of stuff. Um, we had a lot of emotional baggage that we carried over from old relationships into this one. And when the dust settled and when we decided that nothing was going to break us up, you know, nothing was going to tear us apart. Ain't no mountain high enough.
0: <laughs> do, I decided, in, do I hear some gospel in there? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we decided that, Dennis, and, and then, just, then the clouds and the smoke just cleared and, you know, I can really honestly say, um, you know, like, like Johnny Cash says, I mean, I love this woman, and it's so it's such a cool thing to be able to do this with her.
0: Well, the only thing, that, you know, when you're on stage, Tanya, you go over and you put your arm around him. You just do that all the time. Let's, uh, everybody's looking at us and man, get a room, you two. <laughs>
2: Well, you know, it's it's interesting because uh, Michael has really taught me a lot about, you know, affection and intimacy, and we really try to love like it's no tomorrow. And, you know, um, my mom passed away about two and a half years ago, and one of the things that struck me once she was gone is that I just wish, not that I did anything wrong or that she, she thought I was a great child and, I, you know, a perfect child to her, but you just wish you can give more. You know, more love, more time, more affection. And I never want to feel like that again, you know. Mm-hmm. So with my family I, and, and Michael and, I, and our children, I just try to make, and everybody I come in contact with, I want people to remember that love, you know, that they feel in in our presence and, you know, in my presence. And I want him, every day I work on it. You know, we, we work on it together to mm-hmm. make sure that we're giving each other what, what, what we need. And also, Dennis, when
1: you see that, um, and just for your listeners and, and and people who who are out there, um, there's a lot of behind the scenes things you you don't get privy to, but I'll let you in. Sometimes she's identifying something, and that that walking over there, putting her arm around me, is not as lovey-dovey as you may think. It's more of it's more of remember you're here and not in Iraq. Right, it's more of just reminding me, you know, to stay in this moment because sometimes some songs we sing from this album were written while I was over there. Right, you know, and, and it's a constant emotional up and down roller coaster. And as big and as as um, powerful my voice may seem, I'm having moments up on that stage where I feel like crumbling but i think that's the power behind the war and treaty just that brutal pure honesty that we bring and um i'm i'm i don't i feel no way of sharing that i I feel like you know people need to know that
0: well i think that that really comes across and i think uh uh talking with tanya a little bit she's just uh, such a support for you and bringing bring the two of you together i mean mutually together I wonder if yeah. if we could, um, you could tell us what's in the future coming up for War Treaty. Well,
1: um, we actually are headlining our very first tour, uh, so that's that's in the future and uh, this fall, and that's going to be fun. Um, we're doing a bunch of uh of different shows.
0: Do you know how many how of many artists. cities you're going to hit?
1: Woo. Like 20, 20 mm mm-hmm. And um we got a couple of shows with some some very awesome, powerful, notable artists that we can't mention yet for for certain reasons, but there's a lot of that coming up and uh we're just excited for what the future holds for us and, and yeah.
0: Well, I wanna tell the audience that if uh if you do come in this part of the country again you got to get out and see um, Michael and Tanya in person. It's, it's just, it's, it's stirring. I think stirring is a good word I can think of. But thank you. I want to thank you for, for joining us today. Um, and I want to go out with, with a tune from the CD. Uh, let's see. Are you ready to love me? Oh yeah. Okay. Now one thing I noticed about about that, I mean for me, is that today uh Aretha Franklin is lying in state in Detroit. Mm-hmm. So they got an open casket today and tomorrow and there's they said there's lines just blocks and blocks long to see her. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and, we got a phone call from our correspondent up there, um, Anne DeLisi of WDT.
0: Oh, WDT. Yeah,
1: yes, she's explaining because she's a uh, one of the TV correspondents on grounds, so and she was just calling me to explain to me what was going on. And you're absolutely right; it's pandemonium out there.
0: Yeah, but uh, the reason I brought that up is because when everybody listens to this song. I can really hear Aretha, and the way <laughs> Tanya is singing. <laughs>
2: wow! Well, she definitely is the queen, uh, yeah. there was there is not a voice uh, that you know can match Aretha Franklin, and not just her voice, but her heart. You know, right. I, I had the opportunity of uh, meeting her once. I went to an audition and. She happened to be in the room at this audition, and I started singing, and she started singing with me, and I thought I was going to pass out. <laughs> and um, to late, I would say about four or five years ago, she had contacted Michael and I to come to her father's church to sing, because her father had a long history in Detroit, Michigan, of feeding the homeless, and it was a mantle that she had taken on um, from his passing. And we came and we sang, and she couldn't be there. At the time when she, I guess she had found out she was she was getting ill. She was ill, and the way she treated us. I mean, we had a bouquet of flowers. I've never seen flowers that big. She's a, she loved flowers and chocolates everywhere. We stayed in the five-star hotel, and you know she treats people like she wants to be treated. And she was the queen, and everyone that come in contact with her i'm sure um she treated them the same way so yeah, we're i'm honored and we're gonna i cried you know the thought of it because of the legacy that you know she left for for so many young artists uh so many singers around the world and um it's a sad time for us but she gave us six decades of music you know mm-hmm. And
1: we're going to do our best
2: we'll
0: to like give more decades of music yeah. like hers. Yeah. <laughs> well, for uh, for Detroit Boy here, I, I miss her quite a bit. But uh, again, uh, I'm going to be uh, saying goodbye to uh, Michael and Tanya Trotter, their war and treaty. And we're going to go out with Are You Ready to Love Me? Thanks, Dennis. Thank you.